0: The Rebbe starts off the sikh by saying that we discussed many, many times in regards to the division of the Sedras. We know there's 53 Sedras in the Torah, that even though every single sedra has a number of that that is a number of sections in the sedra, which each parsha, each section is going to be an idea for itself. Nevertheless, from the actual fact that all these different parshis, all these different sections are within the same sedra, that itself is a proof that there is some connection, some inner theme that's co- combining and connecting all of these parts of the sedra. And since the toich and the content of each and everything is brought out and expressed in its name that it's called Loshon HaKodesh, it's understood that this central theme of the Parsha, which in the in the Sedra, which will include all of these different ideas from the beginning of the Sedra till the end, is all hinted in the name of the Sedra, because the names of the Sedras are also names Torah. Now even though if we want to look at the specific idea that's being discussed in each and every one of those sections, in each and every one of those parshas, we'll find that there will be a much greater gap or difference between the first, Parsha within a sedra, and the very, very last parsha or section in that sedra, and that will be a greater difference between the first parsha of the sedra, the first section of the sedra, and the ending of the previous sedra, because we know that when sections in the Torah are right near each other, there's uh, certain limudim, certain things we learn out. al be Torah, there's going to be things that we learn out, why certain pieces in the Torah come right next to each other, whereas the first parsha, the first section in a particular sedra, and the last partial the last section of that particular sedra is going to be many, many parts and parshias in between them. And therefore, they're seemingly much further apart. Yet, as far as the central theme and central Nakuda that are in all of these parshias and all of these sections, even though they're not near each other, within one sedra, they are all going to be connected with one particular idea that is going to connect all of them. Even more than that which seems to be closer to it, For example, that in the previous sedra or or in the following sedra. All of this, of course, applies also to our sedra, that even though that on the one hand, the beginning of the sedra, Vayihi, Vayoyim, Shmini is seemingly much more connected to the end of the previous sedra than the way it's connected to the end of the sedra of Shmini that discusses the non-kosher animals, and this could be understood simply as well. Vayehiba Yoim HaShmini is coming in connection to the seven days, the Shiva Simea Amiluim, the seven days of inauguration of the Mishkan in the previous Sedra. Whereas Zois HaChaya, the non-kosher animals at the end of Shmini seemingly have no connection at all to this whole idea of the dedication of the Mishkan. Nevertheless, as said before, since every single Sedra has a central theme, a certain unique Nakuda, in which it's different and unique from all other Sedras, it's going to be understood that the parts of Ayehi and Zoysa both both have a certain central idea which does not exist in the sections at the end of Parsha Sav, which start off with Kachas to take Arin and to prepare him for the Avodah in the Mishkan and so on. And this specific theme that's unique to our Sedra is going to be brought out in the name Shmini. The Rebbe goes on and says, from the fact that the name of the Sedra is Shmini, and we don't even know, it doesn't indicate even that it's the 8th to the Miluim, the 8th to these days of dedication of the Mishkan. In fact, the name Shmini doesn't even indicate that it's an 8th day, because the Sedra is just called Shmini, it's not called Yom Shmini. From this we understand that what's most relevant over here is the idea of Shmini of 8th, not as the 8th of the Miluim or the 8th of the days, just the concept of the number eight. Based on what we said before, that the difference between the connection of the end of the previous sedra and the connection to other Parshias within this sedra itself, as we said before, there's going to be a central theme in all of these parshias. So what follows is going to be that the portion of the previous sedra, kachas arin, which is speaking about the seven days of miluim, this is only going to be an introduction to the idea of Shmini. It doesn't share that central theme of Shmini, as opposed to the idea of Zois which is going to be part of Shmini itself. Just like simply, the seven days were an introduction to the eighth day, but not part of the eighth day, whereas Zois HaChayah is being called by the name Shmini, so clearly it's going to be connected with the idea of Shmini itself. In order to understand this, the Rebbe first has a look at the number eight itself. And now this represents and shows us two extremes. On the one hand, the idea of eight shows on something that's completely removed from the seven that preceded it. As the Kliyokar explains, that all matters of creation are the num- within the number of seven. Here the Rebbe does not go into all the details of it, but we know that there's the seven days of the week and so on. Whereas the number eight, this is representing Hashem that's beyond creation. And what this means is, as explained in a number of places, that when we say the idea seven, it doesn't only include creation itself. In fact, it even includes the godly oir, the godly energy that's clothed in creation, whereas Shemini hints to the level of oir that's completely higher than clothing itself in the world. It's what we call the oir, the light, the energy of Hashem that's higher than istalshlus. On the other hand, the word shmini itself indicates, since we're calling it the eighth, it represents that it's not something completely on its own. It definitely does have some sort of connection and coming in continuation to the idea of the, se- the idea of seven. It's the eighth to those seven. Says the Rebbe. This exactly is the point and the chidush of the idea of shmini. This actually expresses the greatest Shlemus within Gilechus, that is. The whole purpose is that even the oil, even that energy that's completely higher than Ishtaoshla should be drawn down and be revealed inside the world. Says so the Rebbe, that's exactly what Shmini is indicating. On the one hand, it's completely removed and higher than the creation. As said before, it's higher than the seven, as the Kliokar said. But at the same time, at the same time we're calling it Shmini. It's the eighth, which means it's still being connected to the seven, to the matters of creation. So it's taking that oil that's higher than the world and connecting it with the world. Says the Rebbe, this is also the idea that we're told in the Gemara, that Kiner Shal Yemois HaMashiach, the harp in the times of Mashiach will be of eight strings. So the Rebbe explains, the whole Kiddush that's going to happen when Mashiach comes, as we know it says, The glory of Hashem is going to be revealed. The flesh will be able to perceive, be able to see godliness. That is, even though that the glory of Hashem is something that's completely beyond creation, nevertheless, godliness is going to be in a way it's going to be so revealed that that all flesh will be able to see will be able to see it with our physical eyes so that the glory of Hashem is going to be not as a chiddush not as some novelty not as something that's out of the ordinary but, but there, it's going to be in an obvious and a given way as if this is the most normal thing in our Gashem Yisdika world in other words, the fact that the physical flesh will see the glory of Hashem is going to be coming from the nature and the characteristics of the gashmi. Is the reality the way things will be then? That's the real way. How you could say that is bederach pshitus. That is just the normal, obvious thing to be able to see godliness. That is, if the physical flesh is seeing the glory of Hashem only because. Hashem is so infinite and so unlimited, and therefore it could come down even to be seen in this physical world and through our physical flesh. However, it didn't really become part of the characteristic of what flesh itself is, that the physical body, the physical eye could see godliness. If that's the case, it's only coming because of Hashem's great revelation, then we would say that the Gileo Likus, the revelation of godliness in the world, even if we were actually able to see it but it's always going to be in a way of chiddush, it's always remaining the abnormal, it's always remaining as a novelty. In other words, it's always being as something that's being added to the world, because the world itself is not able to see it as far as it's from its nature, because of its nature, it's only there's this great godly revelation in the world. The real idea of what we mean that what Mashiach is going to come, godliness is going to be bederech pshitus, is going to be in the obvious and the normal way, is that the fact that the flesh is going to be able to see the glory of Hashem, is going to come from the characteristics and the nature of the flesh itself. In the same way how today our Gash, means the eyes, could see physical things, that's coming because of the nature and the characteristics of the way our eyes are today. Says the Rebbe, this is the idea of why we connect Moisa Mashiach. and as we said before, the harp in the times of Mashiach with the number 8. That is... This great godly revelation that's going to be when Mashiach comes and all flesh will be able to see it. When Mashiach comes is expressed in these two extremes that we said before about the number 8. On the one hand, the glory of Hashem is going to be something that's completely removed and higher than creation, higher than the number 7, and nevertheless, it's going to be revealed in the world in such a way that the world itself will be able to see it from the nature of the world itself. In other words, from the characteristics, from the way the nature of the world itself is going to be. That is the idea that the eight, as we said, is following or connected to the number seven. That which is higher than the world is still connected with the world. Says that we need to understand the fact that the world right now is in a way that it cannot see godliness, not even the level of godliness that's connected to creation. Seemingly, this is not something as an additional point of our world. As if we have a world, and it also happens to conceal godliness. Rather, the world itself was created in such a way that it conceals godliness. If that's the case, since the concealment of the world is really part of its very essence of what it is, in fact, that's why it's called Olam, the word oilam, As we said before, every, the name of everything expresses what it's all about. What does the word oilam mean? The word oilam is from the word halam, which means concealment. So the very essence of the world is about concealment. So how does it make sense that the world itself, the flesh itself from its own real natural self should be able to see godliness if seemingly this is the opposite of the characteristic of the world. In order to understand this, the Rebbe first introduces something the Rebbe says in Tanya. The Rebbe tells us that all of the great giluyim of Oirein Soif that's going to be in this physical world, when Mashiach comes in him and chies is all dependent on Maaseinu Vavidaseinu on our activities and our mitzvahs that we do, calls Man Meshach HaGolos during the time of Golos. So the Rebbe asks a simple question. The Rebbe asks, why are we emphasizing the time of Golos? Seemingly, what's bringing down the Gileo is the avodah that we're doing. And that is the mitzvahs that we're doing. As the Rebbe himself says that when we do a mitzvah, we're drawing down godly energy in this world which will be revealed when Mashiach comes. So why are we emphasizing specifically the mitzvahs that we're doing in the time of Golos? It says the Rebbe, one of the explanations is we could say is as follows. In order that the Gilui of Yomoy Mashiach and Tchiyah should be as we said before, really felt from the world itself, from the nature of the world itself, it's specifically going to be when the bringing in Hashem through our mitzvahs, which is going to be revealed Loss and lovely, is happening not as an additional thing to the world, That is, that the mitzvahs are just causing that now there is also godliness in the world, but the world still remains what it was before as it was, as procreation, which as we said, oilam is mulash and helam. That wouldn't be good enough. We wanted it should be from the world itself, that the world itself is seeing godliness and that the elikus is coming part of the nature of the world. Says the Rebbe, this particularly happens when the amshach is happening from a mitzvah, that the mitzvah is being done in a way that it's changing and transforming and really bringing out what the world itself is, is really all about. And the Rebbe says, this is why it's important that we say that it's the mitzvahs that are being done in the time of Golos, because this idea of mitzvahs, to really make that change in the world itself, that suddenly the world itself is a world that's ready for a likus, is mainly going to be in the mitzvahs that, we're, that are being done in the time of Golos, as we'll soon explain. But first, the Rebbe explains, why is it that mitzvahs generally transform the world? So the Rebbe explains as follows. We know that the whole purpose of the creation of the world is b'shvila or b'shvila yisrael, for the t'or and the Yiddin. The Yiddin through t'or and mitzvahs, should bring in elikus in the world. If that's the case, what comes out is that the gili elikus that's coming in the world through yisrael and t'or are not really as an additional thing to the world itself. Because since the idea of Gili elikus through Hidden and Tayyidah is the purpose of the world itself, therefore, it's as if the world itself is demanding and asking for it that my purpose should be fulfilled, that it should be Gili elikus in the world through Tayyidah and Mitzvah. So again, the world itself was created for this purpose. And therefore, it's the world itself almost like asking for Gili elikus. Says, remember, this is still not enough. Why? Since, I said before, the whole Geder, the whole definition of Eulam, is from the word of Helam, of concealment, that from the beginning of creation itself, the Metzis of the world, the very essence of the world, is such that does not feel its purpose, that does not feel that there's any purpose that needs to be accomplished in it. On the contrary, as we said, from the perspective of creation itself, it's all about, I'm here to conceal. So again, the problem is, it seems to be as far as the mitzius of the oylem of the world itself, that whenever you're going to bring in any amshacha of a to do mitzvahs, it's always going to be as if there was something added to the world, because the world itself sees itself as something that's imposing Alikus. It is this idea, this problem that the Altareb is going to deal with, when he says that the gilu of lo'osid is coming, specifically through ma'aseinu b'avidaseinu, in the time of Golos. How does this work? So it's explained in a number of places in Chesidus, then the time of Golos, there is the idea the koyach of mesiras nefesh that shines in the yid much more than in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. Chizit explains that the Hester concealment of Golos, brings out the gilui, the revelation of the koyach of mesiras nefesh. The question is, how does this make sense? How does it make sense that helim, that concealment, should bring out a gilui, the gilui of mesiras nefesh? Seemingly, helim, concealment and gilui and revelation are two opposites. Now even though you might say this is a pretty natural thing in, the, in our world, and Chassidus brings up Gashmi as mean, the like commercial for this, that in a place of concealment of our energy, of our life, of our life force, in our bodies, down in our heels, which seems to be having the least life, and nevertheless the power, the control, the willpower of the soul is expressed there in the greatest way, even more than in the head, the full control and the full willpower of the mind, the specific of the nephesh is specifically in the heels of the foot. So we see this idea that specifically in the helm in the concealment, there's that greatest gilri of the deepest part of our nefesh. It says that, but this itself we need to understand, why did Hashem make the world in such a way make the nature of the world in such a way that it's specifically hell and concealment that will bring out even a greater gilu. The Rebbe says the explanation is as follows. In order that, as we said before, the purpose of creation of Dira B'tachtoyinim should be able to be fulfilled. That the world itself should be a Dira for Hashem, but also coming from the nature of the world. It is particular for this reason that Hashem created the world in a way that it should reflect this purpose, this idea, this tachlis. And therefore, since the whole kavona and tachlis of the world is created in a way, as we said before, Hashem is creating the world in a way that it's a concealment. But it's in order to bring down a greater gilu, Yisra in That's the reason why Hashem created the world in a way of concealment. It says that This is why the whole world was set up in such a way that a helem, that concealment, will bring out, will be a kali for, always bringing out something greater, something bigger. So in other words, the world itself was set up, and is part of the makeup of the world. The world itself tells you, that if there's a helem, if there's a concealment, there's a problem, it's always to bring out something deeper. And therefore, since the world itself, as it is even a helem, from the word and the expression of concealment, even before we reveal the kavon in it, but since the world itself reflects this idea, that concealment is always that there should be something greater being brought out. Therefore the world itself is really bringing out this point and saying, why am I a concealment? Why is there any concealment? Is only to bring down a greater oir, in this case the oir of Hashem through Kiyum HaToyro Mitzvus, And therefore the Gileo Lechus in the world through Mitzvahs is connected with the Mitzvahs, with the way the world itself is created. Says the Rebbe, this is going to be the explanation also why we say that the Gili of Laosid is dependent specific on the Avoidah during the time of Golos. Because it's specifically the Mesir nefesh in the time of Golos that causes, that brings out how the Helm of the world itself, the concealment of the world itself was all about for the purpose of revelation. That the purpose of the concealment was all about the revelation of Elikos that comes about through Torah and Mitzvahs. Says the Rebbe, this will also be the reason why the drawing down of Elikus through mitzvahs in the time of Galus causes even in a greater way this idea that into the world itself should be coming this gili Elikus, which is of course going to be revealed, when that that's going to be from the characteristics and the and the idea, the nature of the world itself. In other words, just to maybe summarize this this last Nakudovia, this last sieve. What the Rebbe is basically saying, as far as I could understand, what the Rebbe is basically saying is that we asked originally a question. How does it make sense that the world itself that seemingly is telling you, I am a concealment, how could this world itself suddenly be saying that the world from its own perspective and from its own nature is suddenly a caliph for Elikus and being able to see Elikus? So the Rebbe is saying is that really the to created the world in a way, the nature of the world, even before Elikus, the nature of the world the aims to create it in a way that Helim is always going to be there in order to bring out a greater ghili. As we could see this in Gashmi is the things in the world, that a concealment will bring out even a greater gili, even though it doesn't make sense. Why should a Helim bring out a gili? And yet, why did the Abish to make it in this way? So that the world itself, as it stands, concealing on a lakus, will be really saying the whole purpose of concealment is only to bring out a greater gili. And where is this mainly emphasized? This is going to be in the Mesirah as of the time of Golos. Where again, the hell the concealments of Golos is going to bring out the Mesirah Snefesh of the Yid. And therefore, bringing out within the world itself, again, this sort of idea that the purpose of the world, the purpose of all the concealment, was really all only for a greater Gili. Says the Ibn and according to all of this, we can now understand the difference between the connection of Pasha Shemini to the end of the previous section of Tzahav, and the way it's connected to the Parsha of Azoi which is within Parsha Shmini itself. So the Rebbe says, in the seven days of Miluim, which is discussed in the end of Parsha's Tzav, Aaron and his children are doing everything, whatever is possible to be able to do as far as the Avoida from below is concerned. And in fact, even bringing down Delicose that could be brought down through our Avoida, through our Isarusid but that's still all part of the seven part of creation itself. That's all only as a preparation and an introduction to the glory of Hashem. The way it's going to be drawn down on the eighth day of the Miluim, that it should be in a way of Shmini. What did we say? Shmini means Elikus, The way it's completely higher than creation, and nevertheless it's cre- connected now with creation itself with the number of seven. How does this all connect to the idea of the Sachaya of the non-kosher animals? It says the Rebbe. We're discussing over there the non-kosher animals, the isur the prohibition of not eating it and how it can make one tummy, etc. Says, this itself is part of the idea of Shmini. How is that? The refinement of the world. oilum, we said is Lashon Helem, which through this is brought out, as we said before, that the whole purpose of the world itself, of the Helem itself, was Elikos, that is, as said, the oil that's completely higher than creation, this refinement is being accomplished, through the fact, as we said, that there is a mitzius, there is some room for concealment, there is room for things of negativity in this world. In our case, there's non-kosher animals. And nevertheless, what does a toy to tell us? And what does the yidu? Lahavdul. We now make a distinction between that which is tommy and that which is toy, between the chayi that could be eaten, the animals that could be eaten, and the animals that cannot be eaten. There are quotes on this, a Azal that tells us that a person should never say, I'm not interested, I don't want to have the meat of chazer. Rather, a person should say, I myself would be interested, I would want it, but what should I do? That Hashem doesn't allow me to have it. In other words, as far as the world itself is concerned, there are things that the person might want. And yet, the person comes along and doesn't have it because that's what the Torah says. This itself is causing that zichoch, that refinement in the concealment, in that place that's giving room for negativity and for non-kosher animals, and yet the person is coming along over here and revealing that the whole purpose was... That no, I'm going to hold myself back and I'm not going to have it. And as the Medrash says on the word, the Medrash says, Why were the mitzvahs given to the Yidden? To refine the creations. means to refine the people. And this itself, through this itself, that the concealment is reflecting its ultimate purpose, as we said, why is there a concealment? The concealment itself is telling you, it's only there that there should be Gili it's only there to bring out the inner Ratzon of a Yid. That the, the, why is the non-kosher animals? That brings out that the Yid says, that I'm going to do what Hashem wants. Through this is revealed, that, that's revealed through this, sorry, that, that itself accomplishes the Gili of Shmini. that the Gili of Likus, that's really higher than the world completely. Is Nezgal is revealed in the Shiva, in the seven. As we said before, that it becomes Shmini. That's the level of a Likus that's higher than the world, being completely united with the world itself. According to this, we can understand this. also what the Medrash says, that the Chayos mm-hmm. regarding, the, it says like this, that these Chayos sukon uh, that what these non-Kosher animals represent is the Moshe Rabbeinu saw all the future different Malchios, the different rulers, and the different Goliaths, as he explains over there that each one represents the different choshech and the helim, the concealment of each and every golos. And this is the gilu, this is the of, and the gilu of zoi sachaya, that we're now going to make that distinction between that which is kosher and that which is not. This is what's accomplished through the golos itself, that we now get that level that's the gilu, that's higher than a lukos, which is going to be the gilu lo'asid the kinur shal shmoin animin, and as the madrish explains, on the words of the Medrash says Zu Edoim, refers to Edoim. Why is it called Chazir? Because it's going to return the crown to its rightful owner, as the Possek says, meaning that the whole idea of all the negativity itself, of all the golias itself, was ultimately just to bring out how the Yid overcomes it, and we get to the gilu of Mashiach itself.